which a year earlier he had seen his last of Merid. That he remembered vividly, for her going was etched in his heart. Not that he blamed Merid. He'd gone wild, reclusive as an animal, she said, since his parents had died. That meant, by his calculations, she had put up with the worst of him for a year and half a season. His parents had died two years before, at the bleak, muddy end of winter, from some strange fever that had swept through the village. He had tried everything to save them. Every smelly, evil-tasting concoction he had ever cobbled together from root and leaf, bark and berry, for human or animal. He managed to keep his brother alive and most of the villagers who came down with it. But his parents had caught it first and died while he was still flailing about in the withered world for a cure. His brother Jode had left him as well, a few months after their deaths, to see what the world had to offer, he said, besides hardship and grief. He had tried to talk Brendan into leaving his sorrow behind in the silent cottage and coming with him, but Brendan refused. "'What's here for you but ghosts?' Jode had demanded, not wanting to part with him either. He was still stringy and pale from the fever, but Brendan saw the strength back in his eyes and the determination. Come and see the world. No. He felt a hand on his shoulder as he stood in the doorway, staring out. It wasn't your fault, Jode said huskily. You did everything you could for all of us. More. I know. We'll go to Kellior. See what kind of cottage the king lives in. No. He heard himself then, words thudding out of him like stones. He tried to explain, his eyes on the slow night tide turning the distant hills purple, the low shrubs covering them, soft as lamb's wool in the fading light. I'd miss the wind. What? I need it. The sounds of it. The smells. Winds everywhere, Jode said bewilderedly. Even in Kellior. He couldn't see what Brendan saw. How the curve of the windswept hills the random scents of fox and bog lily, the taste of grass, the dank grit of earth itself between the teeth held a mystery he needed to know. Why he needed, he had only an incoherent idea, but he tried to explain. It was how I found what cured you. Jode loosed him came to stand against the doorpost opposite, gazing at his brother. His dark, lank hair hanging over his eyes, he looked like a wild hill pony, Brendan thought, and as stubborn. I don't understand. I saw what I was using. I smelled it. I understood it in a different way. It was just some wild bulbs I put away for the winter. I must have looked at them a hundred times— And then I looked at them again, and they told me something they hadn't before. Talking bulbs. 
Things speak, Brendan said. His gaze slid away from Jode, back to the fields, their scents changing with the twilight, to the hills that rose, dark now and secret, against the dying light. I need to learn to listen to them. Jode was silent, staring at him. I wish, he said finally, you'd listen to yourself. You're gabbling. Are you feeling all right? I'm not leaving if you're coming down sick, too. I'm not. But don't go. I have to, Jode said restlessly. All I see and hear are ghosts. Her peeling apples, weaving, singing songs we heard in the cradle. Him walking in, smelling of fields, whittling.